Good morning, church. Hello, it's such an honor to, and privilege to be with you this morning. For those of you who do not know me, my name is Janelle Bobbin. I am one of the support staff here at Reality Church Boston. I have been serving here for about a little over a year, close to a year and a half, um, and I've been living in the Boston area for about three and a half years, which has been so great. I love, love, love Boston. Um, so before we get into our time together um, of scripture, I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that within the next week, week and a half, um, you are going to be getting a regathering survey in your inbox. So whether you have been an active participant at Reality for a week to um, seven years, we want to hear from you. Um, so we want to hear um, what your feelings and what your feedback is in just in light of COVID-19 and how you feel about starting to regather um, slowly and in small groups over the course of our summer, winter, I mean fall, and then going into the winter. Uh, so please, please, um, we encourage you to participate in this forum and to let us know your thoughts. We really want to hear from you. Thank you for your time and um, for doing that. We appreciate it. So this morning, um, I'm going to share with you a bit of my journey in regards to prayer, specifically intercession. Uh, we are going into our third week of Prayers of the People, uh, and it is a joy that I get to share with you a little bit of my journey um, of prayer uh, and of um, intercessory prayer and how that has really formed me um, not just in my relationship with Jesus Christ, but also in relationship um, to my world and to the community uh, that he has placed me in. And so let's get to it. Um, before I even really dive into um, my thoughts on that, I just wanna let you know what intercession is. <laughs> so intercession is literally uh, the posture of standing in the gap uh, for people. Um, before God. Uh, it's coming to God on behalf of the other. Um, it's, be, it's coming to God on behalf of protection for uh, a community, for a space, um, and for him to intervene in the lives of a space and or a community. Nothing that we really need to be learning how to do at this point in time, right? Um, I wish that were not true, but we need intercession now more than ever. Uh, so here are just four ways that um, intercession has uh, really formed me and challenged me, especially over the course of the last three months. Um, uh, the, first, the first way has been in praying for my world. Um, can I just, can this just be like Janelle confessional right here? Uh, I have not been praying for my country. I have not been praying for my world. I have not been praying um, for systemic issues of racism and of oppression um, like right now. I just haven't done it. I haven't engaged in going before the Lord on behalf of um, leadership in my government. And I say that in repentance and I say that um, just to be completely honest with you. Um, and 
over the course of the past, especially six weeks, God not only has been challenging me and has been um, reorienting um, my posture in regards to this, um, but he has used scripture to pierce my heart. Um, and one scripture that he um, has used and his and I continue to um, not only lament over but to go back to is Ezekiel 22 um, verses 29 and 30 and God says this the people of the land have practiced extortion committed robbery they've oppressed the poor and needy and unlawfully exploited the resident alien I searched for a man among them who would repair the wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land so that I might not destroy it but I found no one oh when I read that I thought God, that would be me. <laughs> I have not been praying this way. I have not been calling oppression and specific things out in your presence before you on behalf of my world and the people, my neighbors. Friends, intercession gives me vocabulary to name things and to call out principalities and powers that are attempting to subvert the will of God here on earth and to distort the Imago Dei. There is nothing, the enemy would love nothing more than for us to not have vocabulary and for us to not be able to call out the evil that is happening in our world today, right? But if there's any place where we need all the language, all the words, it's in prayer. And it's through prayer that we obtain all the language and all the vocabulary and all the words for the needs and for the people of our world. See, Jesus never shied away from calling out things for what they were and putting them in their rightful place. Whether he was flipping tables in a temple court or he was talking to religious leaders and getting right to the heart of the issue, he did just that. He went straight to the heart. Um, and I love that intercession gives me a hope for heaven. Um, it gives me a hope for the not yet in the midst of the now. So not only does it give me vocabulary to go before God in the current state of our world, but it also gives me a hope for um, the restoration of all things, for how God is going to intervene and he's going to make all things new, how he's going to restore, how he's going to bring things back to how they ought to be and restore and reorient the world around me. And... Um, the second way that he has done this personally for my life has been for my assignment, has been um, the process of me even saying yes to coming to Boston. Um, intercession um, played a huge role in that. Um, so I was asked to, uh, to, accept, um, to accept an assignment to be a Harvard chaplain. Um, and they, part of that was they sent me to Boston to walk around um, Cambridge, to walk the campus, and to see, um, yeah, what the Lord was speaking to me, how I felt about it. And uh, I, this was four years ago, actually this month, I think I arrived to Boston um, during the hottest week of the year. It was so hot. Um, <laughs> And I was staying in the North End because I had no idea where any, I, I just had no, I had no idea where anything was and on a map. It was like, oh, that's three miles from Harvard. That's not that far, but it really was like a whole world away. 
Anyway, I remember uh, sitting in a cafe and I had called three people. So my predecessor showed me around for about two days and then he gave me three phone numbers. And he said, call these people if you wanna um, sit with them, have coffee with them, they will, um, they, they will be great people to share with you about what life is like here in Boston, what life is like here at Harvard, MIT. Uh, so see if any of them call, calls you back. So I reached out to the three people. One person returned my call. And that person was Robert Boyer. So. A lot of you know who Robert Boyer is, and he's hopefully watching right now. Um, and he has now become um, just a great friend. And uh, so I remember sitting at a Starbucks with him off of Church Street in Cambridge, which doesn't exist anymore, and it was one of my favorite places um, by uh, the campus. Anyway, uh, never met this man before, sitting there asking him all these questions about his life, about what it's like to live um, in the city, you know, yada, yada. Um, then I was just painfully honest with him. And I said, listen, I just don't think I have what it takes to be a Harvard chaplain. I don't think I have the intellect. I don't think that um, I have the background, the education uh, to serve and to pastor students at this institution, I just feel completely, um, I just am not equipped to do this. And so as I was lamenting my insecurities, um, he's listening and he and I love his response. He says, Janelle, what is Jesus speaking to you? What is he telling you to do? Uh, he goes, because if he's asking you to come and to say yes to this assignment, he's going to give you all the tools that you need. And in that moment, uh, I began to cry. Um, but I guess the question that comes out of the story is, okay, Janelle, so what does this have to do with intercession? As I walked away from that time with Robert, um, God reoriented me and he, reorient, he reoriented my prayer. And he said, Janelle, he's like, what if you stop praying um, as petition, as you're in, stop praying over your inadequacies and start and stop praying over your insecurities and start asking me what my mission is? What am I calling you to stand in the middle of here in Cambridge and here at Harvard? In what ways will your yes to this assignment partner with my ongoing work here in Boston? And he brought me to this um, verse in Mark, Mark 5. So um, I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to paraphrase it for you. So uh, Jesus is walking with the disciples and um, Jairus, one of the rulers of the synagogue, stops him and he is... Um, he says, Jesus, I need you to come and touch my daughter. She's sick and dying. And I need you to come. And if you touch her, she's going to be okay. Like she's going to be healed. So here we see an intercessor, right? A dad going, on be going to Jesus on behalf of his little girl. And I remember reading that. And I remember Jesus 
the Holy Spirit so clearly, so clearly saying, Janelle, if you say yes to this assignment, and if you trust me, you can contend for healing for this campus and for this city. I will heal them. And towards the end of the verse, you know, Jesus ends up, she dies. Jesus ends up, she comes back to life. And the, the first thing that he tells them to do is to feed her. And I really felt in my spirit, the Lord say, I will raise them. I will raise the dead, but I want you to feed them. intercession there's nothing like it and he has he has done that here um but those stories are for another time um next and finally intercession has deeply formed my community and i will just say that this one is a little bit messier um i'll never forget uh, many years ago, sitting at a table with a very dear friend, um, and all of a sudden, um, our table became a confessional. And they began to talk about how they were going to take a Jesus detour. Now, how many of you have ever been on a Jesus detour before? I have. Uh, not great. Uh, and maybe you're in one right now. I don't know. But God does. Um, anyway. Uh, and they acknowledged some choices that they had made weren't great. Uh, and as we discussed this road that they were beginning to walk down, um, I just remember saying, hey, uh, I don't think Jesus is going to be at the end of this road. And they're like, yeah, he might not be, but I think I'm just going to go down in any way. And as we began to weep at the table, um, there were so many things that I wanted to say in that moment and in that space. And I really felt that God said, nope, wait. And I really felt uh, this challenge in my heart that if I, that, um, that their, the change in their heart wasn't going to come through the conversation that I was having with them or through my awesome convincing uh, that they were making a really bad decision and a wrong choice. At that moment, the spirit prompted me and said, the only change that you're going to see is going to happen through you going into your closet alone with me and praying for them. Friends, I would love to tell you that in that moment, I felt empowered. I felt emboldened. I was like, yeah, God, let's pray. Let's do this. But I did not. Um, talk about air being sucked out of a room. Um, I felt emptied of control. And it was, um, and that emptiness w was immediately filled with fear. And it was filled with worry. Because I'm like, God, the bottom line was, I didn't trust him. I didn't trust that prayer was going to do anything. I didn't trust that prayer had the power to, to actually change what needed to be changed. And this is what I love and I'm also very uncomfortable with about intercession. Not only does it change the circumstance from which I'm praying, but it also begins to change me. 
okay? It begins to reorient me because I am really good at drawing lines in the sand and saying, hey, Jesus is on this side of the line and you're on that side, you need to come over here. But this is what intercession does. It takes that line and it, <laughs> it repositions it to my heart and to the heart of the issue at hand. And folks, most of the time, it's not just me and them or us and them, it's just us because God is wanting to do a work for everyone. His presence reorients my posture of control and fear. And what I thought was an issue of behavior became an issue of lordship. Romans 8.26 says this, In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Friends, as we close this morning, I can do nothing and I cannot stand in a messy middle without a perfect intercessor. And that is Jesus himself. Our passage today reminds us in Hebrews 7, that he is the perfect intercessor. He is the perfect high priest. He is the guarantee of a new covenant. I mean, those are all the words that we wish that we can attach to a candidate or to a leader, but we cannot because the only time that we can attach a guarantee and perfection is when we are talking about Jesus. And T. Wright says it best. He says this, they went on sacrificing day after day and year after year. He's speaking about Hebrews 7. But part of the perfection, the completeness of his priesthood is that he achieved in a single great sacrifice that to which all the previous sacrifices pointed, but which they can never bring to perfection. Friends, as Jesus beckons us to follow him, as he calls us into this life of intercession, he is not calling us into a space that he hasn't already accomplished and done himself. And he is telling us to follow him as he is standing before the Father on our behalf, to stand in the middle and in the gap for a community and for people and for colleagues and for family members that are estranged from him. Friends, the only way that change is gonna happen in our world systemically isn't by posting awesome things on Instagram, isn't by doing an amazing tweet that's gonna go viral. Friends, it's gonna be going on our face before the Lord and saying, God, we need you. We need you to enter into the space. And in doing so, I myself need to be changed and renewed and restored. And so friends, it's with this that we're going to enter into a time of communion together. What a way to remember a sacrifice, right? Um, after just speaking about how Jesus is our great intercessor, we are going to sit together and break bread and remember what the sacrifice has accomplished. So although gathering together looks a lot different in the season, we still want to engage with our usual practices as much as we can to direct our hearts to the truth of the gospel. And nothing does this better than communion. So scripture says this, the Lord Jesus on the night of his arrest took bread and after giving thanks to God, 
he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup saying, this cup is a new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. For whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Church, the Lord's Supper is a tangible sign and foretaste of the new creation. It is a reminder that one day we will feast with Jesus in the new heavens and the new earth. So wherever you are, take a small piece of bread or a cracker with wine or juice and say, this is Christ's body broken for me, his blood shed for me. If you are among people in your household who are healthy, we encourage you to serve one another. So now let us pray together as we take communion. The words will appear on the screen. We celebrate this memorial of our redemption when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death. You, in your mercy, sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, and bore the wrath of God against our sin, and to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. We proclaim that he is risen to make us right with you, God, and that Jesus shall come again in the glory of his new creation. And this we do now and until he comes again.